and it's with a bit of a heavy heart that I come in and start this week's podcast, as this is the season two finale of Live at 6.05, and we've made it to that 12-episode mark of the season where we take a break, say goodbye for a minute, recharge our batteries, and then get ready to come back with a brand new season. So don't think of this as goodbye, farewell. Think of it as I'll see you soon. But, you know, it's amazing. I started this back in February, and now it is the end of August, or it's whenever you're listening to this. And I've now been doing this podcast for half a year, six months, total of 24 episodes already, and it's been great. Everyone really seems like the show, and the fan base keeps getting bigger and bigger, which I really appreciate. Everyone out there who's been downloading and telling friends, family, and frenemies all about this podcast. And, of course, as always, just because it's the season finale, doesn't mean it'll change how to get in contact with us. And just because I'll be off the air for for maybe a month or a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, doesn't mean you can't still get in contact with me. Doesn't mean I still won't be posting fun pictures, tweets, statuses, videos, whatever it is. So as always, you know the drill by now, the many different ways to get in contact with me. You can find me at Twitter. Just search at fill in the blank. You guys already know this. Malencamp. You can like me on Facebook. I realize I always do this backwards. I always say Twitter first, but I should be saying all my Facebook stuff first because, as Val says, everything you could possibly want to know about me is all posted on the Facebook. So facebook.com slash live at 605 or just search live at 605 to get the page, and that's where you'll get status updates about new episodes, pictures about stories we've talked about, videos, music, bands of the week, Anything and everything you can think of definitely happens to Facebook. And I want to give a shout out to my old WordPress, which I don't even remember. I think if you just search Google search live at 605 WordPress, I had that for about five episodes where I would post full length blogs and pictures and this and that. It got too much. Nobody wants a full length blog. We're in the uh, age now where we only want a where we only want 140 characters a la Twitter or short, quick posts on Facebook. Everything's short. Look at Vine, six seconds long. So I dropped the WordPress, but you can still search Google Live 605 WordPress and you can see updates about the first five episodes. So maybe I'll go check it over the summer and see what I wrote about those first few episodes. But from the Facebook, you can find me on Twitter. I have my Twitter account there. Like I said, it's at Malencamp. You can also email me and email me if you want, if you have episode ideas about what you want me to talk about. Email me if there's guests you want on the show. Email me if you want to be on the show. Maybe we can hook this up. And just email me to say hi and whatever it is you want. Tell me I suck. doesn't matter. You can email me live at 605 at gmail.com. And as always, of course, too, you can find me on iTunes. But I know there's a few of you out there who don't have iTunes. So if someone's playing this to you on their iPhones and you want to get the podcast yourself, just go to www.live at 605 podomatic.com every single episode will be there write ups about all the episodes and whatever else you want is on that website so that is all the different ways to get in contact with your boy John and live at 605 okay and it's also a little bit sad now I'm going to be doing the last sponsor of season 2 and you know sponsors as the show goes on it's getting tougher and tougher to become a sponsor on the show because everybody wants a piece of the live at 605 pie but since it's the end of the season, I got to do a very special sponsor. And sorry about the delay. I was trying to think of a word to say there, and I couldn't think of what sponsor was in my head. Now it's there. You don't need to know this. This is just 
mumbo-jumbo in my head, but since I'm all by myself right now in Club 605, I'm going to say whatever comes off the top of my head, because that's how it is. Because if it isn't, then I'm just talking to myself. I like to pretend that people are listening right now. At the end of the day, this might be one of those episodes, nobody could download this, and then it was just an hour of me talking by myself in a room as I look out a window, and that could be creepy. So hopefully you all download this season finale. And then if you only listen to this one, go back and listen to previous episodes because I think you'll really dig it. But yes, this week's sponsor of the show, season finale, Live at 605, is sponsored by My Haircut. Now, like I said, sponsors, and especially late sponsors in later episodes, you know, you got to pay the big bucks again on the show to sponsor the show. And My Haircut, boy, do I have a story for you. So I got my haircut last week, and... There's always a gamble. Did anyone else just notice how my voice went up really high right there? There's always a gamble. There's always a gamble when you're getting a haircut downtown. Now, when it comes to haircuts for me, I'm not some bougie hoe. Well, I'm not, I don't even know why I said bougie hoe. I'm not some bougie who just needs to go to like some fancy salon, book an appointment, this or that. Let me tell you how I get my haircuts. I walk, I walk by the hairdresser, and if there's more than one person waiting in line... I do not go on that hair cutter. You know, this could be a life tip. I'm not going to make it a life tip. I'm going to make this part of the sponsorship. But when I walk by a hairdresser and if there's more than one person sitting down, I'm not going in because you could go in there and there could be two people sitting down waiting and then two people could have just sat down to get their hair cut and then you could be waiting there all afternoon. So I simply walk by, poke my head in. If it looks like there's more than a person, get the hell out of there. And then I come back the next day and do it all over again. And this usually works out for me as I never wait for a haircut now as I only go in when there's basically, I'm the only one waiting, so it's not that much of a wait. And so I went for my haircut last week, as I said, walked by the one hairdresser. There was two people waiting there, hightailed it out of there. Luckily, there's another hair, I don't know, I'm calling them hairdressers, but it's more like women's haircuts, right? Even though I'm only going to Top Cut. So I went by the haircut establishment number two. And there was nobody waiting in there. But there was two hairdressers cutting people's hair. So I decided to walk in. Write my name down. And I'm like, perfect. I'm up next. They said, well, shouldn't be too long. Fantastic. Works for me. I'm sitting there waiting for my haircut. And this is... The hair place is on Young, off of Young Street. Well, it's right on Young Street. So I, first of all, I'm just looking out the window and watching all the crazy people walk by. Which is fine. But I'm not in this place more than 10 seconds when I see a woman who just had her hair cut. But it was one of these weird haircuts where she had really long hair, but they shaved both sides of her head, I guess. And I don't know, I guess she was going for the look of that chick from Parenthood, the 90s movie, who was like dating Keanu Reeves, that crazy person. But the, the weird thing about that wasn't that she shaved the side of her head, because whatever, it's 2013, do whatever you want. Or it could be 2016 when you're listening to this, in which case you really do do what you want. Or it could be 2050 where we're just in pods and it's the Matrix, so who knows. Hopefully you're listening to this and you didn't time travel. It's like 1990 or even 1920 or something. But I digress. So this woman has her head shaved and she's holding like a little poodle. And she just all of a sudden just starting walking around the hairdresser to the other people getting their hair cut, just saying to the dog... My precious, my precious needs a haircut now. Oh, my precious, do you want a mohawk? And she just went on and on talking about her 
dog calling her my precious. Now, ever since the movie Precious, I wouldn't call someone Precious. I wouldn't want to be called Precious because whenever I hear that name, it reminds me of the scene in that movie where Precious has to like finger blast her mom or whatever that weird thing is. So stop. Here's another life tip. Don't call people my Precious because then people will just think of the movie or they'll think of Lord of the Rings, which I've never seen, and they'll just say, my Precious. Uh, so she was doing that, and she would just stare in mirrors with her dog being like, my precious, do you want a haircut? My precious, do you want to look like me? And she went on and on and on for like five minutes, just talking all crazy while everyone's just like, oh, you're so funny. And then she'd be walking around and be like, does my precious want to go get some food next? Does my precious want to do it? I just went on and on. I'm like, Jesus, lady, like, come on now. Maybe people see why I'm not such a animal lover because you're talking to your pet. But then again, I'm talking to my headphones. So who am I to talk? Okay, so that's instance one. Next thing is, now a guy walks in, and the best description of the guy who walked in now to sit next to me and wait for the haircut was old Tony Danza. The guy looked, sounded uh, like Tony Danza. Sorry, not just Tony Danza, but Tony Danza from Who's the Boss, so Tony Danza, I guess. And this guy was just like, hey, when do I get my haircut next? And I'd be sitting there minding my own business, he'd be like, hey, what's with the uh, the, the, the air conditioning? No air conditioning working here. Come on, I'm a Pizone here trying to get a haircut sitting in the heat. And I'm just like, give him the head nod because I didn't even want to talk to him because I don't really want to talk to other patrons in the haircutter as I sound all high and mighty. But it's like, look, man, let me just sit here in the heat myself. Let me sweat my balls off. I don't want to talk to you about it, okay? So this guy was doing that and then he kept making phone calls being like, hey, it's so-and-so, what And he just... Went on and on, and I can only picture Tony Danza. So there, there was that. And like I said, I was the only one waiting when then the guy came in after me. But these haircuts were taking a little bit longer, so I found myself looking at people walking up and down the street. And the funny thing was, we were the hairdresser is next to like a Sugar Mound or some candy store. And I'd just be sitting there, and I would make bets with myself to see who would and wouldn't walk into that candy store. And my rate, I think I guessed 10 people, I got three right. So it was kind of funny seeing who was going in and out of this candy place, which is one thing. And then next up, so I finally get up, get to uh, have my hair cut with this woman, who's very nice, but the best way to describe her is, well, I was talking about my Precious. She was maybe maybe a little bit, well, she was basically the size of Precious, this rather large woman, nothing wrong with that, living your life. And we just get to talking and everything, and she's like, you know, how's your day, this or that, where do you work? So I tell her where I work, and we start talking about breakfast television, one of the shows we have. And she's like, oh, you know, I was actually on breakfast television. I was like, oh, that's cool. How long ago? She's like, well, it was pretty long ago. You know, it was back when I was a uh, professional baton twirler. First of all, I'm like, I didn't know you could become a professional baton twirler. I don't know what you do as a professional baton twirler i know you twirl batons but is there like a wayne gretzky a baton twirling like can you get fame or not even famous can you just get rich from doing this not even rich can you just make a career out of this clearly and the other thing she said she's like yeah i was on bt as a professional baton twirler that's a tongue twister so i'm going to try and say this quickly and so i don't have to say these words as much as i'll get uh tied up in them but she's like yeah you know they only chose the prettiest girls to be on the show for this and I was one of them and I was just thinking I'm like okay so you said this was a long time ago and just looking at you now you just seem to 
be a rather larger person. And I was just thinking, what happened from baton twirling breakfast television debut to now? Were you always on that path getting larger? Did something happen? I don't know. So I just thought that was strange. And then it was the world's fastest haircut. It took about four minutes. I think she was shy. I think <laughs> shaved. I think she just shaved the side of my head like the chick who's saying my precious. And then I was up and out of there and done with that. So that was just a couple weird things that happened to me at the hairdressers because you never know what you're going to get when you get your haircut cut downtown. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it as you will see and hear a lot of crazy shit. So I would like to thank the sponsor for this. So thank you to My Haircut for sponsoring the season two finale of Live at 605. Now, like I said, this is the finale, and like I did in season one, I'm going to do the same in season two. I'm going to make it a very special episode. Last year, on the first finale of the uh, season one, I actually, aliens came and invaded the Earth. It was crazy. It just somehow coincided with the podcast I was doing. I got locked up in a bunker. There was aliens all over the world went crazy, as you all know. But um, it's happy, and I'm happy to tell you all that now. By season two, the world's back to a better place. The alien invasion is done. If you want to, if you haven't heard that episode, listen to episode twelve of Live at Six Hundred Five, and you will hear all about the alien invasion. I documented, which is cool. So, luckily for me and for Planet Earth, at least as far as I know, I don't think it's going to happen again. We're not going to have aliens invade this this Earth. But what happened was, it's really cool. I do my show every week for you, but there is a show out there called Inside Six Hundred Five which is a huge fan of the show, and they've been big fans of mine ever since day one. And they actually wanted to have me on their show. It was really cool. It was kind of like an inside the actor studio type of show. So it was really fun. They were nice enough to give me the audio of that show. So I'm going to play that for you guys in a couple seconds. And it was really cool. It was like a big interview they did with me, and we talked all about my childhood, growing up, and podcasting. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, you know... As a big thank you to Inside 605, I'm going to be playing that in a couple seconds. But before we do that, just a couple other things I want to talk about. I was yesterday hanging out with Dan, who we all know from Concert Chaos and uh, The Big Wreck, in Love Me Memory, Big Wreck. We ended up bottling some more Boys Town Brew. And if you guys remember from the Concert Chaos episode, Boys Town Brew sponsored the show. And it was cool. So we went and we were doing this. And on the way there, we had to go to Pape Station. And now Pape Station, when I got there, just all these memories came flooding back to me because Pape Station is a subway I got off at every day for three years when I was going, uh, when I was in college. And I hadn't been in that area or even that subway in a long, long time. Like I've kind of passed through it, taken the subway, but I hadn't gone off at that stop probably a couple years. So I got off there, and I was walking through up the stairs. It just brought me back to the time of school. And then when I got out of the subway, I'm just like, it, all you know, sometimes when you go to a place, I'm almost getting flustered now just because I'm thinking about that. And especially college, such an important time for anyone when they do this. And it was just, I don't even know what to say. It was just bringing back memories of, you know, assignments and friends and late nights and early mornings and filming and this and that. And, and so it was just kind of, a weird slash cool feeling feeling like I walked by the licks where I used to go to have lunch every once in a while. I, the houses I remembered walking by them. Songs I was listening to in that time came back to me. And it was just all these memories came flooding back. And Do you guys ever have that? Email me or tweet me what memory uh, came flooding back to you recently. Was it 
an old friend you used to talk to you saw on Facebook, or was it a school or a song or this or that? So just that was kind of interesting. So that that's all I really wanted to mention now. Just kind of something that happened to me last night, and we bottled more beers. I was mentioning that it was a lot of fun. Then I did that. We have our own method now. We have a fast method. It was a lot of fun. They got bottled. We had uh, ran out of beer bottles. We had to bottle some of the beer in a wine bottle, which is super ghetto. So we'll give that to whoever's drunkest drunkest at the end of the night whenever we drink them. They can drink from the wine bottle, which is fun. And keep an eye out for Boys Town Brew, hopefully coming to a store near you sometime in the near future. And, yeah, I'm going to get into uh, the show that I was on in a second, but I just want to thank everyone again for such a great season. Season 2, another 12 episodes, 3 months. Funny how time flies. I remember not too long ago, well, April, basically, Val and I were in Barbados recording the first episode, and I think this is season two definitely by far blows season one out of the water as I had a lot of cool guests. Like my dad, Pops Mallon, came by, and we talked for a couple hours just about him growing up and all these crazy stories and music, and it was a lot of fun. We had Ashley from Ottawa who came down. We had a great podcast with her. It was a lot of people's favorites. I did my own talk show, which was a lot of fun, which I'll definitely be doing that again in season two. I It was just a lot of fun, and people really reacted and really liked it. And even Val and I we went to Washington and did a podcast at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, which I thought was really cool. So I'm always like, did I set the bar too high? What am I going to do for season three? You never know, right? And that's the thing I like. One week you'll get uh, just a straight-up talking interview podcast. The next week I might be invaded by aliens or doing a talk show or you never know what it is i think that's why people keep coming back so i appreciate that and this season was a lot of fun this podcast has always been a lot of fun so season three look out for that coming soon i'll keep you guys posted keep looking at facebook is my voice cracks again keep checking facebook and twitter to see when the new season will start but it'll definitely start with a bang and like I said, send me in ideas of episodes or what you want me to talk about. You guys really like all the list episodes. You guys really like the episode where Val and I pulled questions out of a hat. So we're definitely going to do that again. We're going to do more headline reading and, you know, talking about all that stuff. So I'm really excited for that. And without further ado, guys, get ready. This is Inside 605. I was guest on their show. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank everyone there who had me over. It was fantastic. Give it a listen, and I'll talk to you guys for the band of the week at the end of the show. friends. I'm James Lipbaum, and this is Inside 605. John Mallon came to us in the midst of a podcasting frenzy. Whilst your friends, co-workers, and neighbors all had podcasts, John broke through with a funny, creative, thought-provoking, and most importantly, honest podcast. Live at 6.05. In six short months, his podcast has become an international phenomenon. Inside 6.05 is very proud to welcome John Mann. 
Hello, John, and welcome to Inside 605. Oh, hey, James. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on someone else's show. You know, I'm used to doing my own show live at 605 and having guests on here, so it's cool. This is the first time I get to be a guest on someone else's show. But we really relish in the fact that you would take time out of your busy podcasting schedule, come sit down with your friends and myself at Inside 605. So today, if you don't mind, John, I would like to break it down into three categories. John Mallon, the early years. John Mallon, a young man. And John Mallon, international podcaster. Yeah, that sounds cool. You make me sound so prolific, you know? (laughs) I'm down for whatever. I'm an open book. You guys can talk to me about whatever you want. I'm here. I'm just flattered that you guys would want me on your show. No, no. The flattery is all mine, as we've been trying to get you for quite some time. And this is the most wonderful evening for me and the millions of people watching at home. So thank you, John Mallon. No, thank you, James. First question. Tell me about May 15th, 1985. Wow, May 15th, 1985. I can tell you a lot about that day, and at the same time, I can't tell you anything about that day. (laughs) That was the day I was born, so I have absolutely zero memory of that. But, um, you know, I was born in beautiful Toronto. I forget the name of the hospital now. I'm sure my mom, well, of course my mom would know. But, yeah, it was a great day, May 15th. Um, I spent the first, uh, from from 85 to 91, living in Toronto. And, you know, I was born in, in May, I guess. My I had one older sister at the time. My parents had just bought a new house for the arrival of me, you know. So I, they started moving on up once they knew I was born. Because I believe at the time before I was born, it was my parents and my one sister, Jen, and they lived in an apartment. You know, I don't even know where they lived. My guess, let's just say somewhere around Eglinton or Don Mills or who knows I don't know, but I remember when I was born, well, I don't even remember when I was born, but uh, living in this little townhouse, you know, it seemed huge at the time, but the older I got, and when we moved away and came back to Toronto to visit, just going by, driving by the house, looking so small now, and, you know, I liked that I was born in the 80s, like, I can't imagine being born in the 90s, you just think kids are now, or 13 years old, who were born in the 2000s, so... Definitely feeling a little bit old, but yeah, May 15th, 1985. May is a great time to be born because you're still in school, so you get birthday shout-outs at school. And it's not too hot to have a birthday party. It's just the right temperature. God, I love May. That's a very fascinating, John. I myself was born May 20th, 1944. So it's nice to see a fellow Taurus. Hey, Tori, what up? All right, John. Jay? E-M. A legend has risen. Jem. Wow, okay, yeah, so you want me to talk about my name. So Jem, John Elliot Mallon. I don't even think I've given out my middle name on the podcast yet. So you can all now, when you see me, make E.T. jokes and say, <laughs> Elliot. Um, yeah, Jem, you know, it's funny. My initials, J-E-M, John Elliot Mallon, Jem. My older sister, Jennifer Ann Mallon, she's Jam. And then my little sister, it's Katie Elizabeth Mallon, Kem. So it's Jam, Jam, Kem. 
sounds like an equation uh, for an episode of Breaking Bad to make meth or something like that. But you call me a resin, a, a legend has risen. I don't think I'd be consider myself one of those. But oh no, John, a legend has risen. I think me and the rest of my audience and the viewers at home would agree. What do you think, everybody? Oh, yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, what's your middle name, James? My middle name is Igor. So I will be gel. James Igor Lip Balm. Oh, gem, gem and gel sounds like a girl pop band from the 80s. So who knows? They may, that they may well could be what happened. All right, John, if you don't mind, I would like you to talk about your childhood. Yeah, I had a great childhood. You know, it couldn't have been much better. I was fortunate to have parents who really kept us all active. You know, growing up, I played soccer for a year. I played a little bit of baseball. I played a lot of baseball. And as we talked about on a couple of previous podcasts, I actually got my black belt in karate, which is really cool. You know, it's something that uh, I'm really proud to say that I have, and it gave me a lot of discipline. I think it really helped me. Uh, in the world today and being successful, it just gives you, uh, it teaches you hard work, discipline, being good to others, respect, and all these kind of, th- kind of things. I think all, you know, growing up sports kind of do that. You know, it gives you uh, good teamwork because you have to work with people and you're not, you know, sometimes you're playing baseball with someone you don't like, or you're in a karate match with someone you don't care for, but these things happen, you know. Ah, yes. I remember back when I was younger listening to the radio with some people who I did, much, did not much care for. But my mother, Gloria, told me it was a good thing to be kind and patient. Okay, uh, sorry about the pause. I thought you were going to add something to that. <laughs> Please continue, John. I would like to hear more about your childhood. Baseball is fantastic. You know, I'm going to have to bring this up next time we get my dad back on the podcast, but we should have talked about the years of baseball when he was coaching me because he was one of the best, if not the best coach in Canada Little League Baseball as we won the championships a couple years with them. We came in second place one year. There was one year we played baseball where we coached. We were unbeatable. We, wa- we lost the first game of the year, and then we won every single game after that. Went to the playoffs, won the championship. It was a lot of fun. Uh, There's another great story um, my dad can tell when we get back on the podcast when we were in the championship game. I think we were playing for third place. This was a different year. And my dad had like a fundraiser or a work party or a dinner or something like that. So he was going to miss the game. And he went to the party. And I think he was just saying, he's like, oh, I can't be here. I want to be with, with all the guys in the baseball team. So he drove out, made it just in time to see us in the last inning with a game-winning triple play to win third place, which is unbelievable. The fact that a bunch of 13-year-olds could make a triple play and just, you know, all that goes into that. So that was a lot of fun. And I had a lot of good years, you know, uh, with my dad doing that. It was also great because he had the equipment bags. We had so many baseballs and all the baseball bats and the back catcher equipment. Just a lot of fun, you know. So I had a great childhood, a lot of great memories of vacations with my parents. You know, I had a lot of friends growing up. One of the funnier stories, uh, you know what, I might see if I can get this video uh, upload onto the internet or YouTube or something, but whenever uh, I go back home, my mom always likes to bring this up, but there's a video of me, I think it's like my seventh birthday or something, and I have all my friends around the table, we're eating 
Little Caesars, mind you, square pizza. So you can see my love for Little Caesars started when I was just a little guy. But there's my dad's got the video camera. He's going around to all my friends. They're all seven years old at the time just saying, what's your name? And so I'd be like, I'm Kyle, ha, 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 or I'm Mike, I'm David, whatever. And then it got to me, and my mom's like, oh, you were so funny as a kid. My dad gets to me. He's like, okay, birthday boy, what's your name? And I look dead into the camera's eyes. Camera's eyes. Cameras don't have eyes. <laughs> well, John, it depends what you think. I think the lens of a camera is the soul to the universe. Please continue. You were saying, I am very fascinated by the story. I would like to know what you said to the camera with your father behind it. Please continue. Yes, I just looked at the camera and a silly voice said, I'm Elvis Presley. (laughs) I had a bit of a lisp and uh, everyone started laughing, cracking up, and then from there on, all my friends changed their name. They're just like, I'm Wayne Gretzky. I'm a G.I. Joe. It's just... Those are the kind of the different memories I have as a kid. Or it's great. My my folks videotaped everything, so we have DVDs and DVDs of uh, footage of us from kids. It was all on VHS. But my older sister had a great idea of converting them all to DVD, as I as I think it was an anniversary gift for my folks a few years ago. So that was really cool. Very interesting, John. I appreciate that. Death Valley. What does this mean to you? Wow, I don't know who your researcher is, but you got to give him a big raise because Death Valley, you're really going deep into uh, the early works of John Mallon. That's what we do here at the show inside 605. The researcher's name is Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. You've struck a real chord with John. John, please continue. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, not at all. And, uh, hey, Bruce, good job. I want to know how you found out about Death Valley. <laughs> Death Valley is probably the first short film I ever made, if if you want to call it a short film. Basically, when I was probably about 15 or 16 years old, like I said, my folks, especially my dad, they videotaped everything. So we had a big-ass camcorder at the time. And what I did was I decided to make a short film called Death Valley. And it was basically... I think I was using just a lot of G.I. Joes and stuff like that. And there was no script or anything. It was just more like freestyle, whatever I thought was funny at the time. I'm going to do some voices. I'm going to do some made-up scenes. I'm going to crash some cars and throw things downstairs and stuff like that. And the one thing I remember being really proud about myself for doing was this is before editing software or the fact that I didn't even know how to edit because I'm 15 years old. This is what, like 19 or 2000 probably, something like that. And I just remember the intro, so with all the credits, I, I wrote down a piece of paper, all like the opening titles, so, you know, Death Valley, directed by John Mallon, starring so-and-so, edited by blah, 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 whatever it was. And I, the opening scene was shot, Tonelli's hot in here. And what I did was, I'm, the first shot, so the first shot is a piece of paper that says Death Valley. And I hit play on the CD, hot in here. And I did a slow zoom in, and then I stopped, went to the next title card, uh, paused the song, hit play on the song, hit record at the same time, so it was a seamless transition. So I think that's where, not only was this one of my first films, this is my first time basically ever editing anything as well. So I was proud of the way that I edited the opening montage song, Hot in Here, to Death Valley. And what I remember about the plot. Well, I don't remember anything because there was no plot, but I just remember having a bunch of G.I. Joes 
in a car and throwing them down the stairs into the basement as like the big final scene of Death Valley. And I think Death Valley, the name actually comes from an old video game, like an old racing game, not Need for Speed, but something along those lines. Maybe it was Need for Speed, and there was a level called Death Valley. And I was always just like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool to make a movie called Death Valley? So that's where Death Valley comes from a young 15-year-old John first trying to get into this crazy business. <laughs> Very good, John. When I was 15, we only had slides, so I was not editing any films, but I was doing interviews into a tape recorder to one day get to where I am today. So what you're saying does resonate with me. I like your answers very much so far. I'm glad you can make it on the show. Hey, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Thanks again. Let's delve a little deeper into John Mallon. I want to know about high school. High school. Okay, let's see. What can I tell you that I haven't already talked about on the podcast? You're, uh, you're doing a good job. You brought up Death Valley. I haven't talked about that before. I've done a little bit of high school stuff, but went to school early March, secondary school. It was a big square, rectangle shape with some portables from what I remember. And I think I've talked about this before, but I just remember having basically no interest in any course or, or class where I had to study for anything because I did not like to study. I don't think I had the attention span to study science and molecules and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, <laughs> I just did not get or care about math. I didn't care about isosceles triangles or how many times E equals MC square. You know, I just could not focus on any of that stuff. The only courses I did like were drama and com tech, computer technology. And I've talked about it before, but I made a short film in ComTech, where it's me and a couple friends, and it was basically a high school version of Mission Impossible, where we uh, got to shoot, star, and edit our own film. So I think it was basically me trying to sneak into class, because I'm late for class, I'm trying to sneak in, I'm going all around the school, and we got to use an actual editing software for that. I don't remember what it was, definitely wasn't Final Cut or something I'm using now, but I just remember being able to take the best clips, put music under it, and I really liked it. I really think I excelled at it too. And this was a class where I actually got, I can't remember if it was 99% or 100%. It may have been 100% because I think there was some bonus project where I got bonus marks where I got something lower on a test. I scored higher here. So I just remember loving doing that. And I really liked drama, just being creative. I think that's where I realized, okay, I'm more of a creative person than I am a academic person or someone who's going to use his brains to, you know, do business stuff. I, I just couldn't care less about any of that. <laughs> Very interesting, John, to see our different paths. Whereas I flourished in your maths, your social science, and your home ec. <laughs> what else can you tell us, John, about your high school? Well, I also remember uh, where... My last year, grade 12, I, one of the courses I wanted to do, because I didn't want to take another history or a science, I wanted to do an uh, assistant teaching course or whatever. And I asked my teacher in grade 11, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I want to help uh, teach a class next year. Can I help teach ComTech with you? She's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Turns out she wasn't there next year, and I couldn't get into the class. So crazy enough, I had to like co-teach for a semester gym class, which... <laughs> Hey, I like sports. I'm pretty good at sports. But at the time, I wasn't very 
<laughs> athletically built, I guess you could say. And I think I was teaching grade 9 or 10, and I wasn't much bigger, if bigger, than the grade 9s or 10s at the time. So <laughs> it was just kind of funny for me to be teaching a bunch of these guys who are, some of them are huge, uh, just a bunch of random gym stuff. Like, I don't know, I, I made up some uh, practice workout thing. But I mean, I guess I knew how to do workouts from my years of karate. But um, yeah, that was basically high school in a nutshell. I couldn't wait to get through it. I didn't really, you know, partake in too much extracurricular activities or, or anything. Like I never joined too many sports teams. I just, it was more about the creative stuff. I liked doing uh, films and all that stuff. I found I did a lot of that stuff actually on my own time outside of school, whether it was filming Death Valley or, you know, I think I had a tape recorder making, you know, fake talk shows like I kind of did on, on the podcast now. So I, sometimes I feel like the podcast I do now, it's just like the 16-year-old John with a little bit more money, a little bit more knowledge, and a little bit more <laughs> access to the world with, you know, Twitter and Facebook and, and especially iTunes. So uh, you can definitely see a lot of the old John shining into what's going on with me now, which I think is cool. Very interesting to hear this. This leads into my next question perfectly, John. Who is the 12-year-old? Who is 22-year-old? And who is the 28-year-old John? Well, the 12-year-old John is exactly what I was talking about, that Elvis Presley weird uh, you know, impersonation I was doing. It was just like really silly and really into baseball and wrestling and just like uh, making his friends laugh and just having no worries at all because when you're 12 years old, you don't have any homework. You don't have to have a school job. You're basically, you go to school, you come home, you run down the street and play road hockey with your friends or you fake wrestle in the backyard <laughs> or you stay up and watch Conan O'Brien or whatever it is at the time. So that was John, 12-year-old John. Definitely had no worries or anything like that. 22-year-old John was definitely coming of age, I believe, depending on what time frame we're looking at. I'm just ending school slash getting into the professional work world with being an intern at City, or maybe this is even me getting hired after an intern and just starting to work and get on the payroll, John. So I think 22-year-old John, there was a lot of firsts. Like I got my first apartment. That I paid my own rent, paid my own bills paid my own dinners because let's be honest I wasn't making dinners unless it was steak French toast or steak and French toast basically that was it or cereal you know so I was just like kind of discovering who I was as a young adult at the time I was no you know no one was taking care of me no one was paying for me it was all on my own and I discovered that I really liked what I was doing and I definitely made the right choice with school because you know you go to school for three four or five years and at the end of this time sometimes you don't know if you like what you're actually doing or you don't know if you can make a career out of what you were doing. And I'm definitely really lucky and really fortunate that I didn't go from, you know, there wasn't a day from the end of school when I didn't have something to do because I had been given this job at City. I got a job at City when I was still in school. So I went from school right into work, and that was six years ago. And I haven't looked back yet. I haven't not been working every single day since basically, I guess, 22 years old. And 28-year-old John is just having a lot of fun. I mean, I have this great Club 605 studio now where I do the podcast. I've got to hook up with a lot of people through the podcast, you know, whether it's with the cool guests I've had or interaction on Facebook and Twitter when people write in. 
tell me how much you like the show or even just finding out where in the world people are listening to the show I always think is really cool. I still love that Afghanistan had downloads, the UK, China. Like I always love it when places that don't speak English necessarily or not English as their first language download multiple episodes, which I think is really cool. And, you know, um, I also, I, I've got a great job still. It's cool to see where I've gone from 22 to 28, from intern to now producer. I've been producing for two years now, which I think is pretty crazy. And just all the things I've done in between then, whether it was, you know, uh, co-writing a Second City show for their main stage through my writing class, which was fantastic, going to Chicago to do an SNL writing course and having my sketch chosen as what would be the fake cold open of the week, which was really, really cool. And I'm just excited for what's coming up, you know. Uh, of course, the award winner, creative manager herself, Val, is doing fantastic. So I'm so glad to see her. She's doing so well. You know, I've been hearing all this great stuff, even with just like family and friends. Like my youngest sister is going to school in New York now. My older sister just bought a new house with her husband. And, you know, my folks are doing really well and all my friends are doing great. So I, th- I just think... 28 has definitely been the best year so far, and I can only imagine what's going to be coming up next. Thank you, John. That was very detailed, and you gave me a lot more than I thought you would. But that is because you are a professional. Let's take a break for a second, and we'll be back with Inside 605. Are you lonely tonight? Well, no longer with Hit Me Up Hipster. For only $2.99, you can download Hit Me Up Hipster from the App Store. You will instantly be connected with hundreds of live hipsters in your area. Because nothing says besties like, uh, If you can fit two fingers between your ankles and your denim, it's not tight enough. Hit Me Up Hipster uses the most up-to-date hipster lingo sass to guarantee your companionship. I'm really into exclamation mark, ampersand, alt, delete, dollar sign, underscore, underscore. Their new album, open bracket, space, 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 close bracket, is off the cob. That's Hit Me Up Hipster. Download it on the App Store right now. Does this fluorescent tank come in ladies large? I'm just curious. Welcome back, John. We've talked about your early years. We've talked about your teenage years. Now I want to talk about a young man. The grassy high school wasn't just a high school to you. Can you please elaborate to all the people sitting here and everybody listening at home the importance of the grassy high Centennial College? Please, John, do share. Uh, you hit it right on the um, the head there again. Yeah, I went to Centennial College, obviously after high school. And when I went down there, it turned out that my campus was actually the old Degrassi High School from the original Degrassi High. You know, not the uh, Degrassi, the new generation. You know, I'm talking <laughs> Wheels, Joey Jeremiah, all those people there, <laughs> which is really cool. They still had the big ramp in there. You know, there was the big wheelchair ramp inside the school. They kept that. And the outside looked completely the same, but the inside was obviously more modern as we had, you know, as for broadcast and film, they had journalism there, they had all these other courses. So it was like TV studios and edit bays and computer labs and all these kinds of fun things. So I went there for three years, great experience. I think, you know, growing up when you're going through grade school and high school and all this, obviously you have 
lots of great friends. You meet great people who become lifelong friends, this or that. But I think when you get to college, that's when you first meet or make your first real batch of adult friends or getting into adultness. And, you know, that's where I made so many, like, really great friends there because we're all doing the exact same thing that we love. You know, we you go through high school and you're friends with people who love science or people who are down with history. And I wasn't down with any of that. So I was just hanging out and working every single day with all these people who had the exact same interests as me. So, you know, it's the old saying, you know, work hard, play hard. There's definitely a lot of late nights put in to projects and film shoots and writing and this and that. But there's also a lot of good parties. And anyone who listens to these podcasts, <laughs> you can probably tell that people who work in television, film, radio, podcast, whatever it is, you do a lot of hard work, but you also have a lot of fun afterwards. So, you know, the, not too much for me to touch on school-wise. No, no, don't worry, John. Whatever you have to tell us would be great with me. I already liked where this is going. Oh, thanks. Uh, I was just going to say, the funny thing between working in the real world and college is the things that they tell you in college or university that you can't do, but when you get into the real world, you actually do do you actually do do those, those things. And what I'm talking about, uh, a couple examples is the first thing when you're in school, obviously they tell you, you know, if you're editing, you have your own edit bay in school. They're like, do not eat or drink anything in there because the expensive equipment, not allowed to eat food. If you eat food, you get in trouble, this or that. So do not eat or drink in the edit bay. Well, when you're in the real world, fast forward to me, producer now, I pretty much eat and drink every single day in my edit bay, whether it is grapes, Dr. Pepper, Subway, or, you know, some lemon tea squares, whatever it is. And that's not just me. Everybody eats in their edit bay. So that's one misconception. But I can understand about school because if you spill something, they're more liable to pay for new equipment. But anyways, the other thing I found funny is they always tell you in school, you know, never shoot with someone you know. You got to go out and get real actors, this or that. Well, yes, this is true if you're working on a TV show or a film or a music video or something like that. But a lot of the times when you're doing promos, or even if you're not doing promos, you're getting whoever you can to be in whatever you need. So, you know, if you're doing a shoot uh, that requires a lot of extras or just a lot of one-liners, you better believe you're going to grab whoever's in the building who has a free 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes because you got to bang this out real quick. You don't have a month to work on an episode or a movie or whatever it is. Yeah, get this done quickly. And the other thing they always tell you is like you don't you never wanted to film around school. Like go out, find locations, don't film inside school. People will be able to notice when you're in the real world, you're not gonna be filming inside your own T V studio or whatever it is. But having said that, working in uh working now professionally for six years, I can't tell you the countless amount of times where we filmed inside or outside in the parking lot or down the street of where we work just because of the convenience and you make it look like it's not your work. And a lot of times, people watching TV wouldn't even know it's your work. So those are just some misconceptions that I always found funny about school. That is very interesting, John. As a young interviewer, I was always told the same thing about going out and finding in a person to be the interviewee. But I found sometimes the best of friends made the best of interviewers. Moving right along. Pens, pencils, typewriters, computers. What does writing mean to you, John Mallon of Live 605? 
funny that you mentioned that pens, pencils, typewriters, computers. I think I'm just old enough to have actually used a typewriter before in my lifetime. <laughs> I think I was in grade five or six or seven, and there was a project, and this is right before we had a computer of our own in our house. And I remember using a typewriter to type out an assignment. Probably was my first real assignment, so let's say it's probably grade six. Thank God, you know, kids these days have no idea what it's like to live without the internet, without iPads, iPods, iPhones. And yeah, the typewriter was not fun. Cause if you made a mistake, you got to white it out or go over it or, or whatever it is. Uh, I Pens, pencils, computers. Writing to me is just, obviously, it's one of my biggest passions next to podcasting. Yes, please. Never forget to podcast. Unless we forget. Yeah, there you go. Um, writing has been something I always like to do, even back to like the Death Valley movie I was talking to you guys about. Even though that one wasn't necessarily a lot of writing, it was just more being creative. And I think I probably jotted down some notes, like throw the car down the street this way and have the G.I. Joe jump out here and say this line or whatever it is. But writing to me is just, like I said, the best way to express yourself. I think the older I got, the more I realized I love to do it. And I got to do a little bit of it in high school when I made that video in ComTech about breaking out of... Uh, school or breaking into school, whatever it was, we all, the three guys I was working with, we all got to write a little bit, but I remember just loving that process of coming up with the idea of writing it. Fast forward to college, and I co-wrote a, uh, a film festival, a video festival we had in school called John Palooza. It was named after me. I ended up hosting it, which hosting, starring, and stuff like that, I could care less about. I'd much rather write something funny, even if it's for someone else and they get the laughs, I'm just happy knowing that I wrote that. That made people laugh. So the hosting part eh, wasn't necessarily for me, but the writing part of this film festival was fantastic. I loved that. Carried that all the way into work, and I got to write. I think Val and I have talked about it before. For cool people such as like uh, a bunch of people from The Office, Tina Fey, Tracy Morgan, Alec Baldwin, I've written for the dudes and like all these different promotional things or scripts I've, I've gotten to do. And then my love for writing really came through when I did my course at Second City and I just had like a real great outlet for writing just ridiculous sketches or scripts or this or that and I got to co-write a Second City main stage show that was fantastic it was called Bed Bugs Me On which I actually named it fantastic name if I do say so myself and yeah that also helped me get to where I am and work now it helped me get to be a producer because I went that extra mile and took another course and just showed my bosses like this is what I love to do it's amazing what a little bit of extra work will get you in life. I was an intern on a radio show one day when our voiceover person was sick. He fell ill, tuberculosis. I stepped in. I did my voice. The rest is history. I apologize for interrupting you, John. Please continue the rest of your writing story. Oh, yeah, that's um, quite the story. Thank you. Uh, I also got to go to Chicago. I mentioned this before and did a, a Saturday Night Live writing course there, which was amazing. So I'm just hoping to continue and grow. And that's the great thing with this podcast, too, is I get to not necessarily write all these episodes. There's a lot of them. There's just notes about what I want to talk about. But I did the late night talk show episode. If you guys want to hear it, go to iTunes, search Live at 605, and look up 
late night at 6.05, and that was my own talk show I did, late night talk show like Jimmy Fallon, where I wrote an opening monologue. I did uh, interviews, and I wrote some other funny things. So it was all me writing out a show by myself, which I think was a lot of fun. It was really cool, and it was actually my favorite episode I've probably done. What about this episode? <laughs> what is this? Inside 605, rank among your favorite podcasts. It is, to be honest with you, definitely in the top 24 episodes <laughs> of Life Season 5. I am honored to be within twi- 24 episodes. Thank you, John. I want to ask you some rapid-fire questions. I'm going to give you some options. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Ooh, I like it. I like playing games, you know, as we play games on the podcast. Oh, I know. These were an inspiration from your show. We're going to play a game or two from your own show. But I thought it'd be fun if I did my own game. Now try to keep up. This is called Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Like I said, I will give you some options. I'm going to say them very quickly. And then you answer the first thing that comes to your head. Moon or sun? Moon for me, definitely. I'm more of a night owl. Sailor Moon or Sunny D? Sunny D, because the Sailor Moon show always freaked me out with her giant <laughs> eyeballs, and I'd rather drink something nice and uh, sugary. Green grapes or purple grapes? Ah, I can barely keep up with you. That is some rapid fire. <laughs> I do green grapes more now. I'd say purple grapes just because I don't eat them as much and it'd be more fun for me. A man or a gentleman? I gotta go with a gentleman because you don't know if a big fat man's gonna punch you in the face, which would not be fun. <laughs> and finally, football or football? Definitely football because I hate football. Thank you, John. That is how you play. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. And with that, it's time for Inside 605 to take a break. I'm your host, James Lipbaum. We're talking with the international podcaster himself, John Mallon, of Live at 605 fame. And we'll be right back after this. Ready for something new? It's Boys Town Brew. Hi, I'm John, co-founder of Boys Town Brew. We here at Boys Town Brew like to ensure that our large lagers, with its easy-to-grip knob, goes down your throat for an easy and pleasurable swallow. <clears throat> out of the closet, into your hands. Boys Town Brew, ready to come out when you are. Available out at any stores right now. <clears throat> We're back. I'm James Lipbaum. This is Inside 605. Moving right along, John, I would like to get to the international podcaster years. Definitely. I wouldn't say it's been years, but it's been under a year. I've been doing this now for six months, 24 episodes, new episode every week for 12 weeks per season. So 
let's go. I'm I'm excited to talk about the podcasting here. It's new and fresh and fun. Right away. Let's get into it then. No bullshitting around. Yeah, leave that bullshit at the door. <laughs> February 6, 2013. So, oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were going to add something in there. Um, February 6, 2013. My guess, my educated guess would be that is the first day of the podcast when I put it out into the world. Your educated guess is absolutely correct. From February 6, 2013 on, you've captured the heart, not only a nation, not only a country, but of this world. I, I remember getting the idea to do a podcast in January, probably. I think in the New Year's when I was just like, okay, there's all these other things I want to do that I've, I just think would be great. Podcasting would be one of them. I always thought podcasting would be a great way to just get your name out there and to promote other things, whether it's Twitter or YouTube videos or this or that. And I just figured I listened to so many podcasts. It's not that it's hard to do because it definitely has its hardships doing this. I can talk about that a little bit later if you want. I will write that down in my book. Please continue. I just thought, you know, podcasting is something I could do from my own apartment. You buy some headsets, you hook it up, you record it, you put it out, and it's just a fun way to be creative and and get yourself out there. So I recorded the very first one with Val, the award winner herself, and we thought it'd be pretty funny or fun just to kind of talk about how we got together because, like you said, it's not as cut and dry. It's just like me being like, oh, do you want to go out? She's saying yes. This was a long, fun, drawn-out, interesting uh, experience and it ended up being three episodes of almost I'd say it was four hours plus of how we got together mixed in of this I'm telling uh, stories I'm telling jokes I'm playing games and it just I didn't really expect much of it whether it'd be five people downloaded it and that's it 10 people 20 people I figure people in Toronto and Ottawa because that's where a lot of the friends and family are would definitely download it, but I didn't know it would go as far as Winnipeg or Boston or San Jose or LA or Afghanistan or South Africa or, you know, what, uh, I just got downloaded in Brazil the other day, which is amazing, really cool. So it's crazy to think where I've been listened to, you know, where I've reached. And I hope some people, you know, most of the times it's just a lot of fun joking around. We've had a couple episodes, a little bit more serious. Um, but I just hope people really like, appreciate it. And it seems like people do. So I'm going to keep doing this for as long as I possibly can. So get ready for season three coming up in the near future. Beautiful. All right, John, moving on. Give me a life tip. Life tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. Life tip. Okay, you're kind of put me on the spot here. Life tip was definitely a new segment I did this season, which I thought would be fun if I just gave everyone a personal John Matlin tip. Uh, just off the top of my head, if I'm thinking about life tips, okay, here's one. Um, whether you're around people at work or friends or family, Always talk about something small that you really want. So 
talk about something small you really want. Like, obviously, you don't tell all your friends, like, oh, I want a convertible Ferrari or whatever it is. But this is what happened to me at work. I'm definitely a bit of a germaphobe. I like to keep things clean. I like to wash my hands a lot. I don't like dirt. I don't want to be sick, this or that. So something little I always talked about at work is just like, oh, you know, I am neat freak. I always wash my hands. But I always talked about how much I love and need hand sanitizer for those times when you can't find a sink to wash your hands. And let me put it this way. I haven't had to buy hand sanitizer in over two years. And that's because whenever I get close to being done a hand sanitizer at work, someone always seems to give me more of it. And the best one was uh, my friend Arini, who doesn't work with us anymore. On her last day or her last week, she came up to me and she's like, okay, John, I know you love hand sanitizer. It's my last week. Here, you can take my uh, the rest of my hand sanitizer from my office. And it was this giant, huge bottle of hand sanitizer that was barely even used. So I think I'm actually still using this hand sanitizer to this day. And I mean, just everyone at work, whenever they get hand sanitizer, they're like, oh, here, I'm going to give it to John. So if you talk about something small you really like or you really need, chances are people are going to give it to you if it's something inexpensive and they know it will make you happy. So my life tip, when you're around family, friends, coworkers, talk about something small you really like. Tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch strip, this is John's life tips. What a good life tip that was, John. Let me see if I can try right now to my staff listening and my friends at home. I would love bacon-style cufflinks. <laughs> cufflinks in the shape of bacon, which represent... My two loves, bacon and style. There you go. I don't know how expensive bacon cufflings are, but if you talk about it enough, people might get it for you. Let me know how that goes. I want to know. <laughs> Let's talk about the three defining moments of your podcast live at 6.05. Relationships. This is the end. Late night at 6 5. Yeah, I think you may have hit my three favorite episodes, actually, with that one, James Lip Balm, good stuff. Relationships, I was kind of talking about a couple minutes ago, were the first three episodes of the show I did with Val, and I thought they were about as honest as you can get when it comes to talking about someone you're you're dating and we we're just like, oh, let's hold nothing back, you know. We have all these funny experiences. And the one thing I've learned about this podcast and from listening to other podcasters is the more, you know, as long as you're honest, people will like that and they'll come back. Because people aren't dumb, you know. Audience members or listeners know when you're lying or know when you're not telling the truth. So I was just like, you know what, whatever I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell the truth. The truth is usually funnier anyways. And... People really like the relationships. They thought they were hilarious. They, you know, some people agreed with me with some things. Most people agreed with Val with most of the things. But I just thought it was a pretty cool uh, first introduction to what I wanted to do with the show because it just showed that I wasn't holding anything back. And I'll talk about moo moo chicks sucking my face. I'll talk about 
meeting Hannah Simone and Robin Thicke in the elevator, or whatever it is. So those are great, and people really liked the combination of Val and I. They just say we, we work so well together, and we always uh, – it's just a lot of fun. So thank you to Val to being open to doing those and also being on a bunch of episodes because people definitely love the ones with me and her the most, I think. So we're going to do a lot for Season 3. Next up, This is the End was my favorite episode until late night at 6.05. One thing I wanted to do, you know, because I'm not well-known or I'm not a big guy like Adam Carolla or Joe Rogan, like those are the top podcasting guys. So they can just do whatever they want. They're going to have guests on and it's going to get thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of downloads. Someone like me who doesn't isn't established yet as a big name in the podcasting world, what I wanted to do was each season, if I'm doing 12 episodes, I wanted to do nine straightforward interview talking to people episodes where there's nothing too crazy. You know, it's just a fun subject and I'm talking to someone else or it could even just be me talking about myself or talking about what my top 25 playlist is on iTunes, just something like that. But what I wanted to do, because I always wanted to have at least three weirdo episodes per season where people turn it on expecting me to talk to Val about whatever it is, but it turns out that I'm, there's an alien invasion going on. Or, you know, I'm talking to somebody called Chaboy with a really high voice. <laughs> I'm walking from work to home outside, talking about what I'm seeing outside, you know. So I always just want to have at least three crazy episodes. And I thought, well, how about I do one where there's an alien invasion and the first 30 minutes of the podcast is me talking. Then all of a sudden, bam, you know, it hits. And aliens take over the world and then the next hour of the show is me trying to survive this alien world so i thought that was a really fun creative episode and it's actually you know inspired by the war of the worlds um movie musical whatever it is is mainly not the movie or the book or the radio show that inspired me it was inspired by the uh rock opera version of war of the Worlds. so Go check that out on iTunes, War of the Worlds. You'll find it. It's really cool. And then Late Night at 6.05, as I mentioned earlier, it's definitely my favorite episode. Again, like I said, this season, I had to do at least three weirdo episodes, and this is one of them where I did my own late night talk show. So definitely, if you guys haven't heard it, download Late Night at 6.05. And it's me, like I said, doing an opening monologue. I have guests. I talk to Old Dirty Bastard Hologram. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I get commercials. I have a band, I have music, intro, outro, all this stuff. I thought it was one of my favorite ones. It's one of my best ones. Definitely one of my most creative ones. So go to iTunes, search Live at 605, and definitely download Relationships Parts 1, 2, 3. This is the end in Late Night at 605. And I think those are just some of the best episodes I've done. So also download other episodes, you know. Don't just get those ones. If you like this, you like me talking. Go get them all. My personal favorite amongst them all is Concert Chaos Part 1, an introduction to the Boys Town Brew Crew. Simply brilliant. Now, it's not all roses on the show. Twitter trend of the week. What happened? Okay, a bit of a sore subject, but I'll bring it up because I'm not going to hold anything back. This is Inside 605, so I want to give my friend James the truth. If he's going to ask about it, I'm going to talk about it. I, like I said, I uh, for every episode I have different games I like to play or whatever it is, whether it's, you know, 
John's Life Tips or Who'd You Rather or name that nickname. I always like to break up each episode with something fun. Now, early on, I think in the first three or four episodes, I did a segment called Twitter Trend of the Week where I would see what's trending and then whoever I was talking to, we would have to use that trend in the sentence. So whether the trend was, um, you know, hot girls, you'd have to be like, just you'd have to tweet it, whatever it was. And I thought it was a good idea at the time and it was kind of fun. But then I realized it just didn't go anywhere and no one really responded to it. So I got rid of Twitter trend of the week and I added things in like John's life tips or uh, was it worth the hassle, something that's more fun. And that's basically it, Twitter trend of the week. Maybe we'll make it come back in season three. I don't know. What, what do you guys think here in the studio audience? Do you guys like Twitter trend of the week? That's a mixed bag, so I don't know. Maybe we'll bring it back season three. My guess is maybe I'll bring in some new segment or something fun to do. So that's basically, I got bored of it. I don't think people liked it, and we just axed it. And I don't think anyone's thought about it until you brought it up, James. My sincere apologies. As you know, I am a Twitter hound. <laughs> Let's try and get inside 605 or live at 605 trending on Twitter. Community. Oh, again, you did this to me. You say these words, and I don't know if you're going to add anything to them. Community. I think I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me just have a sip of my water there. Community, I think you're referring <clears throat> to the show Community, which I've maybe I've talked about or I've just told people in passing, is also one of the biggest inspirations for the show Live at 605. As I was saying earlier, how I like to do three wacko, weirdo, crazy episodes per season. That's what I love about the show Community is they'll have a straightforward episode and then they'll have a handful of episodes that are just way out there, whether it's like paintballing or they're all clay figures or or puppets, whatever it is. I was just like, wow, this is really cool because you never know what you're going to get. And that's why I want this podcast, Live at 605, to be. And that's basically what I'm going to say about community. Thank you, John. I'm personally a Roseanne fan. <laughs> you can work some Roseanne into your podcast. That would be fantastic. I will see what I can do for you, James. Games are fun. We played my first game earlier, Rapid Fire. You gave me your life tips. Now I'd like to take another trick out of your bag of games and play Who'd You Rather? Who'd You Rather? Let's do it. Okay, John, here's the first situation for you. Remember, let me give you all the options, option king, and then you can give me your answer. First up... Would you rather sit down on a subway seat that is still warm and kind of funky? Or would you rather sit on a chair that is really comfortable but is too tall and your legs dangle? Or would you rather sit on a hardwood floor for four hours watching the television show Oz? Okay, I'll tell you right now, I love the show Oz, but I cannot sit down on a hard, hardwood floor. Hardwood floor. Say that four times fast. Hardwood floor. Hardwood floor. Hardwood floor. Hardwood floor. Maybe it's not that tough. I just mumbled my words there. So I'm definitely not sitting down on the floor for four hours because my butt will just feel too weird. I think I would have to go with 
sitting down on a subway seat that is still warm and kind of funky because if I'm sitting on a really comfortable chair but my legs are dangling, like if I'm too short and my legs are, dang- legs are dangling, I feel like I'll start to go weird and I'll lose blood circulation to my feet and they'll fall asleep and I'll just get awkward and uncomfortable. So let me sit down on this warm, funky subway seat, you know, Maybe it's winter time and I could use the extra heat, so that's what I'm picking. But good options, James. That was very good. Thank you. I have a writing staff of 14, and we were preparing this segment for the last couple of weeks. Move you along, John. Ho, 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 long, John. Ho. Good one. Never heard that. <laughs> John, this season, you had a phrase that captured the hearts of thousands around the world. I'm not going to be able to do it justice when I say this, but can you please talk about Hey, Watch Your Dog? It still makes me laugh to this day. Hey, Watch Your Dog. I had no idea it would do what it's done. Basically, long story short, if you guys haven't heard the story, I had been working two crazy long days straight and and I just remember waking up early morning this one morning early morning this one morning this is like when I said you know the show is it's all about movie makers you know making movies <laughs> sometimes my mind just gets too crazy I don't know what to say but I was walking to work really tired and I saw this sketchy looking guy with a sketchy looking dog walking towards me and I just knew the dog was going to jump on me so what happens I walk up about to walk past the guy and the dog. Dog jumps on me. I'm pissed off. As you know, I can get a little sassy. And so my response as the dog jumped on me was, let me see if I can say it, as I did that day, hey, watch your dog. <laughs> and people from that point on, when I've told them the story or from everybody who's listened to the podcast, that's all they say to me now. They're like, that's your catchphrase. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Hey, watch your dog. The way you said it and this and that. So I I now have to do it when people see me. They always say, say your, say your line, say your line. So I guess now you can refer to me as John Malm, the international podcaster, with this catchphrase, hey, watch your dog, which is uh, pretty funny. You know what? Hey, I don't mind. I'll say it whenever people want. I don't care. But I actually have a new phrase, which I'm going to try out, hopefully. I haven't done it yet because the situation hasn't happened to me, but I'm going to give you a sneak peek. I might have a new catchphrase. My guess is it's not going to be good, as good as, hey, watch your dog, but I'm going to try this, and maybe people at home, you guys can try this too if this happens to you. But the next time somebody walks into you on a crowded street or whatever it is, what I want to do is I want to pretend I'm from New York, and so <laughs> someone walks and bumps into me, and I'm going to say, in the best New York accent I have, because I can't do accents, but that's what I'm going to do, okay? Let, let's act this out, okay, James? Let's walk down. Oh, I do like acting things out. Perfect. Okay, so let's walk down um, the stage here, and you bump into me, and I'll say what I want to say in real life. Fantastic, John. This is a great visual skit for everybody watching on iTunes at home. Let's do this. Hey, I'm walking here. (laughs) So yeah, that's it. I want to just say in a New York accent, hey, I'm walking here. You walk that way in Staten Island? Maybe I won't add that last part, but I just want to say, hey, I'm walking here. So you guys try that. Someone bumps into you. Uh, what, do, what do you guys think here in the audience? 
and they are walking here. Or do you like, hey, watch your dog. <laughs> yeah, of course. You guys like that one better. <laughs> okay. But I appreciate, again, everyone who's listened to the podcast, who loves that Hey, Watch Your Dog story. I think it's pretty funny, so I'll do it as much as I can during all my live appearances. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And finally, John, before I let you go, back into whatever it is you would like to be doing, I would love to know, what do you want your podcast legacy to be? First of all, everyone, let's give a round of applause to James Lipbaum for doing a great interview. This is my first time being interviewed on a show, so thanks to you and your whole staff for doing all this research. <laughs> it was great. A lot of fun. My podcast legacy, um, I guess I just wanted to be, I want to be known as someone who had funny, fun, creative, and honest podcasts. I've yet to hear anyone say that they hated the show, which is great. People have said they've loved certain episodes. They haven't liked other episodes. You know, a lot of people just love the episodes with Val or, or different guests I've had. And some people don't necessarily like the three weirdo episodes that I do per season, which is fine. Some people say they love those episodes the most because they're just ridiculous. I just want people to be entertained and whether they're at work and it helps them for an hour and a half a day get through the work day or if they're trying to fall asleep at night or if they're on a long road trip. I just want this to be entertaining and fun. So if that's all it is, that's all I want. And it's nice to know that I now have something on the internet that anybody can listen to, you know, not just someone here in beautiful downtown Toronto. People all over the world have been listening to this and it's exceeded my wildest expectations. So thank you to all the fans, friends, frenemies, and family members out there who've downloaded, liked, commented, written emails, or retweeted anything to do with this podcast. So I'm really excited for season three. If you thought the first 24 episodes were crazy, get ready for the next 12, which will be starting sometime soon. I'm not going to give out the exact date yet. Keep an eye open. Check the Facebook page, facebook.com slash live at 605. Follow me on Twitter at Malencamp or email me and you will find out soon when the new season starts. Thank you, John. This has been most entertaining. I would like to thank you again, my guest, John Mallon. Download his podcast live at 6.05. And don't forget to listen to more episodes of my show, Inside 6.05. Thank you, John. Good night, good luck, and good health. <laughs> So thank you guys again for listening to that. That was Inside 605. That was my first time being interviewed about the show. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to James Lipbaum and his whole crew for taking care of me. And as always, if you guys make it this far, I'd like to reward you with my band of the week. So one of my favorite bands from the last couple years is named Holy Ghost. And that's Holy Ghost with an exclamation mark at the end. I'm really excited. They have a new album which comes out, I believe, September 10th. So check it out. And I thought this would be a good way to end uh, the season with one of my favorite new bands. So Holy Ghost is an American synth pop duo from Brooklyn, New York. They have one album out called Holy Ghost. And their new album, which comes out September 10th, is called Dynamics. Uh, I found them on some random, probably hipster website. Whether it's Spin, which really isn't that hipster, or 
complex or something like that. I just remember, I think I read a review about them. And I just searched them on iTunes and I loved their songs. Bought their album, was blown away by it. And then luckily, I didn't have to wait too long because I think their album, Holy Ghost, came out a few years ago. And I only first heard them last year. So now their new album comes out this year in a couple weeks. Actually, if you're listening to this the day the podcast comes out, it comes out in two weeks. If you're listening to this and it's now 2015, well, the album's already out and maybe they already have another album out. But uh, yeah, they make great kind of dancey synth pop music, as I said. Great for parties, great for going to the gym. Um, I think you're really going to dig it. Some of my favorite songs are Hold On, It Gets Dark, their new song Teenagers in Heat, and It's Not Over. But my song of the week by the band of the week is Wait and See by Holy Ghost, and there's an explanation mark at the end of the ghost. So enjoy, listen, love, let me know what you think. As always, you guys know the drill. 24 episodes in. All the ways to get in contact with me. Facebook.com slash live at 605. You'll find everything else there. My Twitter account. Search me at Malenkamp. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Email me live at 605 at gmail.com. www.liveat605.podomatic.com to go to that site to download episodes if you don't have iTunes. You can donate and hit the PayPal button and send some money this way to help fund the podcast. Like I said, the best way to support me, tell a friend, tell a family, or tell a friend of me about the show. So this does it for Season 2 of Live at 605. We'll be back soon with Season 3, another 12 crazy episodes of guests, topics, and shirts. Until then, I'm your podcaster, John. Be easy. Where you promise to be honest with